You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. After that, we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we'll be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Miss my mother still today. Miss my grandmother still today, but I know where they are. I'm going to see them again. I don't grieve without hope. I still grieve, but I don't grieve without hope. I grieve with hope and a solid hope. Not I hope I'm going to see again. I hope. It's a solid hope. Death is certainly a source of discouragement, especially when it's someone we love or someone who is taken too soon. But there's something to be encouraged about here. You know that if that person knew and followed Jesus, you'll see them again. Pastor Danny reminds you in today's message that there's great hope beyond this life. There's so much to look forward to when one day you meet your Savior face to face. Your loved ones will be waiting for you, and you'll spend eternity together in Jesus' presence. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, with today's edition of The Living Word. One of the best places to find encouragement is the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4. I asked, what, a week or two ago in a message, I asked uh, if you lost someone that you know and uh, to death, and so many people raised their hands. So many people. I love 1 Thessalonians 4. Brothers, verse 13, we don't want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. That's the way God describes believers who die. Now, just their body is asleep. They're with the Lord. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Their bodies will be resurrected one day. We believe Jesus died and rose again, so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. And then he says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we'll be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Miss my mother still today. Miss my grandmother still today, but I know where they are. I'm going to see them again. I don't grieve without hope. I still grieve, but I don't grieve without hope. I grieve with hope and a solid hope. Not I hope I'm going to see again. I hope. It's a solid hope. I know I'm going to see them again. How can you be at peace unless you have hope beyond this life? How can you know you're going to say goodbye to the husband you love? Unless you know you're going to see him again. How can you be at peace unless you have a firm confidence that you know where he's going and you know you'll be with him again one day? What a hope. You talk about encouragement. Listen to the way Romans 15 puts it. Romans 15 and verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. You know what? There's somebody right here, right now, you don't have that hope. You don't have it. Because, because if you're honest with yourself, and be honest with yourself, you know you've never really been born again. 
You may know all about Jesus. You may have grown up in the church. Or you may, who knows, maybe it's your first time in the church. And who knows what your background is. It doesn't matter your background. Jesus said, unless a man is born again, he'll never see the kingdom of heaven. Stop playing Russian roulette with your soul. Why don't you get, get off the fence of life and get on board a one-way ticket to heaven. Come on. Come on. Come on. You're here this morning, God's speaking to you right now. You need to give your life to Jesus Christ. You need to, and no, no half-heartedness here now. You, you're either going to jump in with everything or don't jump in. Don't go half-hearted. Say no to your life and say no to anything in this life that would keep you from eternal life. Come on, that's you. Come on, let's get serious about it. Let's bow our heads. Come on. Bow your head. And that's you, God's speaking to you. You pray this prayer. You don't have to pray it out loud. God's listening. He hears your heart. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Forgive me. Come into my life. I receive you as Lord and Savior. Now help me to live for you the rest of this life. In Jesus' name, amen. My God's a God of encouragement, I'll tell you. I, I was so discouraged Friday night when I went to bed. And then Saturday morning I woke up and I was discouraged about the very same thing. I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for a long time. I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. But I'm still so imperfect. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for not saying amen. <laughs> I appreciate that. We're out to dinner, my wife. And uh, some friends Friday night, and we're all going to an event together after dinner. And so we have a time schedule to keep. And we went to this restaurant, second time we've been to it. But uh, the restaurant was very crowded. So I'm wondering, you know, should we go somewhere else? We stayed there because I noticed a table outside. There were tables outside, too. And there was a table outside. And there was only one couple sitting at it, but it would seat six. And there were four of us. And so I went up to the gentleman at the table and the lady, and I said, uh, I said, would you mind if me and my, my friends join you? You don't even have to talk to us. And they not only invited us to join them, they said, no, we invite you to converse with us too. And so we had some new friends. And a waitress let us order and become a part of their party, and so we're back on track in terms of time. And as we talked, church came up, and um, uh, the guy immediately said, I'm Catholic but I don't go to church. And I said, well, really? He said, yeah, there's too many hypocrites there. And my classic line I could have used at that point, I didn't use because, I, you know, my classic line there is, well, where do you, else do you expect to find hypocrites? <laughs> and that's where hypocrites are. They're in the church, okay? Don't be surprised to go to church and find hypocrites. Golly. And so we continued to talk, and he, he reminded me a couple of times that he's an intelligent person. He had told us about books he's read and books his wife has read, and they, and they do books actually by listening to them. They listen to audio books and talking about some of these, and then he, you know, he reminded me again a couple of times he's an intelligent person, but the more we talk, the more his conversation contradicted that confession. <laughs> then we got to talking about the Bible. I don't know where mine went. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. You can't have it back because it's defiled now. The other one just disappeared. It's back there somewhere. So um, the topic of the Bible came up, and he immediately had opinions about the Bible. 
and uh, they weren't good opinions. And he went on, and I, I, I said, wait a minute. I said, the Bible's not just a book. He said, well, it was written 2,000 years ago. And I said, yeah, but the very Bible itself, it says it's the Word of God. It confesses, it, it claims to be the Word of God. And just the prophecies alone, just the prophecies alone prove that it's the most unique book in all the world. Well, I'm starting to get a little riled. And uh, I needed to go to the restroom. It was a perfect time, so I got up to go to the restroom. One of my friends thought I was just mad, and, uh, but I had to go to the restroom. It was a good time to go. And while I'm in the restroom, I thought the Lord had given me something to close the conversation with. And uh, I was a little surprised, but I was willing. And so I went back, and we're, we're now pushed for time, and I know I only got a few minutes with this guy. And so I looked him in the eye and said, Sir, I don't know if you'll ever come visit our church. We'd invited him to the church. I don't know if you ever will. I may never see you again. So could I say a couple of things to you before I leave, because I may never get to talk to you again. And he listened, and I said, You're a hypocrite. Boy, were we bonding at that point. <laughs> and then he went on again and went on again. And I said, wait a minute, have you ever read the Bible? He says, no, I've never read it. I said, well, you're stupid. You're stupid to have such a strong opinion about a book that you have never read. And now we're bosom buddies. <laughs> he got up. He gave me some choice words that I cannot repeat here. And then he stormed off. And now we're sitting there, and I mean, it was just awkward. And his wife is sitting there embarrassed, and she finally got up and said, see ya. <laughs> so I don't know what she said. And then I'm sitting there with my wife and my friends. My wife's been kicking me under the table, you know, because she knows where I'm headed with this thing. And I just kept on going, kept on going, kept on going. Finally, I got up just after a few seconds, got up, and I went in the parking lot to try to find this guy and his wife to apologize. I couldn't find him. And I felt awful. I went to bed that night and I thought, you're a pastor. And you just called a guy a hypocrite and you also called him stupid. One of my friends said, yeah, you called him stupid twice. <laughs> then we get in the car and our friends are meeting us at the event and my wife's with me in the car. And so on the way to the event, I'm thinking and I'm starting to justify it. I'm starting to think, well, maybe he needed somebody to call him a hypocrite. Maybe he needed somebody to call him stupid. Maybe nobody, he said nobody's ever done that. He said, especially a pastor. And I started thinking, well, John the Baptist, when they came out to be baptized, and he said, you brood of vipers, you bunch of snakes. Jesus certainly wasn't uh, kind to the Pharisees. I mean, he, he said, you've whitewashed tombs. You clean the outside, but on the inside, you're full of greed and self-indulgence. There's a lot to learn from the Apostle Paul's second letter to Timothy. This book was written with great purpose as one of God's passionate evangelists neared the end of his life. We hope that you've learned along with Timothy what it means to continue serving God, no matter your circumstances and life stage. Here at The Living Word, we'd like to pray for you as you continue to run this race of life. Would you send a quick email to us and let us know how we can do that for you? You can reach us at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. If you'd like to listen to more messages from 2 Timothy or explore other teachings Pastor Danny Hodges has shared, you can do so by visiting our website, ccfstpete.church.
pete.church. We'd also like to encourage you to find and dive into a local church fellowship if you haven't already. Being part of a church community is important to your growth in your relationship with the Lord, as well as a place that you can find and give support for each day of your journey here on earth. Are you in the St. Petersburg area? We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We meet each Saturday at 6 p.m. and again on Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Fellowship at our website. If you can't join us in person, we do offer a live stream of our weekend services. Just visit ccfstpete.church and click on the link in the menu. Thanks for tuning in today to The Living Word.